for this morning's shir to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Sivan, Baruch Meir and Rina Dubin, for dedicating all the shiurim and drashos this month in his chesed for their niece, Chabat Zipora, Bas Chaim Malka. May she, together with Kol Chole Yisrael, have a complete and enduring refuah. And I was with that, let us begin. Beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Tzadik Chas 98. We are picking up Emirat Hashem on 97B, Tzadik Zayin Amud Beis. Let's actually pick up, let's pick up with, um, we got a little bit further down, let's pick up with Tzanan, which is 2, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 15 lines up from the bottom. We actually got a little bit further in than that, but let's pick up from here again. So remember again, the Mishnah introduced us in yesterday's daf to a fascinating concept about the idea of a woman who has converted with her sons, right? And then ultimately, again, the sons get married. One of the sons dies without children. So halacha again, the Mishnah said, in cholzin ve'en right? There's no chalitza, there's no yibum. So the, the, the Gemara introduced an interesting case. So then the Gemara spoke about Bnei Yudan. You had this, you had this maidservant, this Amsa, the slave woman, Yudan, who was emancipated. Obviously upon emancipation, she, together with her children, became Jewish, became Jewish. And we had an interesting Machlokes, Rav Acha Bar Yaakov and Rav Sheshis. Rav Acha Bar Yaakov allowed the sons to marry each other's wives. Again, not, not in other words, namely, if there were two brothers and one of the brothers divorced his wife or one of the brothers died, but he had children, so if Achar Yaakov allowed the remaining brother to marry the widow or to marry the divorcee, and Rav Sheshis said it was Aser. Now, obviously, what's at the root of the Machlokis over here? That Rav Achar Yaakov felt that Halacha Lamaisa, because they were converts, Gershin is Kayer Kikatan Shinola Dami. The brothers aren't really related. So because Halachli they're not related. So because they're not related, therefore Allah says there's no problem with them going ahead and marrying each other's each other's spouses. Rivshesh, on the other hand, seems to feel, which is we think the sentiment echoed in our Mishnah, that there is a there is a maternal relationship that exists there. Because we know definitively that they come from the same mother, there is a relationship that exists. And therefore, it appears that Chazal were concerned in this type of situation to allow brothers to marry each other's spouses. Why? Lest you come to confuse this with a general case, a regular case, we'll call it, of regular Jewish brothers who are prohibited to marry each other's spouses. So that's that's the tension that's happening over here. So this says the Gimar Tinan. So again, the Gimar is quoting our Mishnah. A Gyores that converted her sons along with her. They're not permitted to Chalitza or Yibom. My time, what's the reason? So we'll say, again, what's the reason? The reason is because what we call She'er Min Ha'em, when brothers are related from their mother, maternal brothers, there is a Gzera Dirabbanon that they cannot marry each other's wives. So the Gemara says, No. The Gemara says, No. We'll say, this is what we did yesterday. No, the reason you can't do it, we'll say, the Gemara's, all the Mishnah is actually teaching you is, that these brothers are not subject to Yibum. In other words, what the Mishnah is just saying is that there's no mitzvah of Yibum, ultimately again, and therefore these women, when they are widowed, even if their husbands died without children, they are permitted to marry who? Anyone they want. 
And not only that, they're even permitted to marry the brothers. That's what the Mishnah is teaching me. I afilu. But I will say in the Mishnah's case, it said afilu. Remember again, the Mishnah then went on to say, Afilu Horasa Even if the first brother was con- was conceived before the mother converted, and but he was born once the mother was Jewish. And the second brother was conceived and born once the mother was Jewish, still, still, there is no Yibam and Chalitza. If you say that the wives are prohibited to, to marry their brothers-in-law, so so I will say, if you understand that the Mishnah is coming to prohibit these, the, the wives, the, I should say, the, the wives of the brothers from marrying the brother-in-laws, then halacha lamaisa makes sense that the Mishnah employs the Lashon of Afilu, because in the second case of the Mishnah, it's almost as if the two brothers are coming from two different mothers, because the mother was in a different state with the conception of each of her sons. Nevertheless, it's still usher for the brothers-in-law, for, sorry, for the brothers to marry the, the other brother's wife. But if Lamaisa, again, they're permitted to marry the wives, then ultimately what's Afilu? To which the Gemara says, I'll tell you why. Even though this is a case where when both brothers are born, their mother is already Jewish. And you could confuse this with the case of a regular Jewish woman. Nevertheless, it's going to be permitted. So I will say, therefore, again, it's not clear that you could infer from the reading of the Mishnah one way or the other. An alternate version of this. The truth is, the simple reading of the Mishnah would seem to indicate that what? That in this case, Rabbi Osai, of maternal brothers. Now again, Rabbi Osai, when we speak about, just, just to be clear, in a case of regular maternal brothers, so, so there, there is absolutely no problem with halacha one brother marrying the other brother's widow or divorce. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I take that back. I'm, Strike that from the record, right? So I will say, so re- remember again, we're dealing over here with a very specific case of a woman who converts two sons. It could be more than two sons, but for our purposes, two sons. In this case, there's no father in the picture. Why? It could be that they have a father. Obviously, they have a father. But Lamaisa, again, from a conversion perspective, that father is not in the picture. So what's, what's the tension over here is, how do we look at these brothers regarding the prohibition to marry a brother's wife? So remember again, the Mishnah is telling me there's no Yibam and Chalitza. What we're trying to figure out is, what does that mean there's no Yibam and Chalitza? That there's no mitzvah of Yibam and Chalitza because they're, paternal, because they're maternal brothers and they're therefore permitted to marry each other's wives? Or that no, halacha lamaisa, there's no yibam and chalitza, because technically speaking, there's no mitzvah, but they are precluded midrabanan from marrying each other's spouses, lest you come to confuse this with a regular case of a Jewish mother and her offspring. So this is the ikid amri, mistabra, the sharu. It would appear based on the Mishnah that they are permitted to marry each other's widows. 
or divorcees for that matter. Diktani afilu. I amrit pishtukas was because the second case the Mishnah is introduced with afilu. I amrit pishlama sharu hainu diktani afilu. See if you hold that Allah Chalamai says permitted, that's why it's introduced with afilu. The afagav the tarvayo leidasam bekedusha. Because even though they're both born, once their mother is Jewish, and you could confuse this with the case of a regular Jewish of Jewish family, nevertheless, they are permitted. But if you say that they are prohibited, so then why does the Mishnah introduce the second case with Afilu? I'll tell you why. Because son number one is conceived before his mother is Jewish, She's, he's born once his mother is Jewish. Son number two is conceived and born to a Jewish mother. This almost looks like a case of two mothers. Of two mothers. But yet, nevertheless, ultimately, again, they are prohibited to marry each other's wives. Okay, it's not clear from the Mishnah. Would we paskin ultimately again, like Rav Achav or like Rav Sheshes? So Tashma, let's analyze a bit more. Shnei Achin Tumim. But say interesting case. Shnei Achin Tumim Gerim. You have two brothers, twins, who are converts. Who are converts? Shukhrarin. And similarly again, two slave brothers who are emancipated. What's that lacha? Lo chotzim v'lo miabin. They don't do chalitza. They don't do yibam. Ve'in chayavim mishum eishes ach. And interestingly enough, also, there is no prohibition of Eishas Ach. Now, both say, this price is a bit more explicit. So watch what's happening over here. Look what the, look what the price just said. Two brothers, twins. Two brothers, twins. So I both say, here's what's fascinating. So now, again, they convert. They convert. So the Mishnah now tells me that, there's no Yibam, there's no Chalitza. But there's also no prohibition of brother's wife. So let's say the two converted brothers, Reuven and Shimon. And now what happens? Reuven dies. Reuven dies. Shimon is permitted to marry the widow. Or Reuven divorces his wife. Shimon is permitted to go ahead and marry Reuven's divorcee. Case number one is a case of brothers who, let's say, convert when they're adults. So they're, they're converting on their own, okay? That's case one. Case two, if they were conceived, their mother became pregnant with them while she was a Gentile. And then what happens? She goes ahead and she converts. So by the time they're born, they are born to a Jewish mother. They're born to a Jewish mother. Then, there's still no yibum and chalitza. No yibum and chalitza. Aval chayovin mishum eishes ach. Interesting. But I will say in this case, halacha lemaisa, they are chayiv for eishes ach. In other words, they would not be permitted to marry each other's widows or divorcees. So the Gemara says, Harihain, I'm sorry, aval chayovin mishum eishes ach. Then I will say, what if their conception and their birth was with their mother already Jewish? Well, in that case, if you're conceived by a Jewish mother and born to a Jewish mother, then guess what? You're just a regular Jew. 
You're just a regular Jew. So we'll say, what's the point that's important for us over here? Katani mihas ein chayavin mishum eishes ach. So I will say what's interesting to us is the first case, right? In case number one, where you have Reuben and Shimon converting on their own, two brothers, twins, two brothers converting on their own. So I will say in that case, interestingly enough, the Mishnah told me, the Brisa told me, no yibom, no chalitza, but halacha, but halacha lama, and halacha lama, there's no isr of eshesach. So the Gemara says, chiyuvaleka, that teaches me ultimately there's no chiyuv. In other words, there's no liability. However, top of tzadik ches, Ha isura ika. But the truth is, again, there would still be an iser. Then I will say, what's the iser? Rashi says over here, midirabanon. Bipashtas, there'd still be an iser dirabanon. Why? Rashi says over here, ultimately, again, I will say, because remember, what are we concerned about? Why would there be an iser dirabanon? I will say, listen to this case. Reuven and Shimon are adult men. They go ahead and they convert. They convert. So say, what's the nature of their of their relationship to one another if they convert? What's the what's the nature of their relationship? None. Halachically. Halachically, none. Should there be any type of problem with, with them marrying each other's divorcees or anything else? And the answer is no, because they're considered to be halachically totally unrelated. Yet Rabosai the Gimar infers from here that there is still an Isr Durabanan. Why would there be an Isr Durabanan? Because Rabbi say, what are we concerned about? We're concerned about that people don't always know details. And if they see two brothers, right? Reuven gets divorced, and now Shimon marries Reuven's divorcee. People see that. They don't know who converts, who didn't convert. So there's a concern that people will get confused with the halacha. So therefore, again, it could be that there's an iser dirabanan for brothers in general to go ahead and marry each other's spouses. To which the Gemara says, The truth is, it could be that there's not even an Isid Rabbanon. And really, it's only coming to, the only reason it said Chayiv is because of Mishneic symmetry. Since in the safe we had to write Chayiv, Reisha also wrote in Chayavim, but maybe it's not just in Chayavim, there's no culpability. Maybe there's no Isid Rabbanon as well. So Amar so Rabbi said, in Avla Mitzri. When the Rabbanon say that there is no paternity for a Mitzri, which Rabbi say ultimately may, means that halacha that a, a guy, a right, a Gentile, does not have established paternity. Look at Rashi. So say, remember, this is actually very interesting. In general, if you've seen in halacha, even though we say that when a person converts, when a person converts to like a child that's been born, reborn, and to a certain degree, any prior relationships cease to exist. But yet what we've established is your relationship with your mother does not really cease to exist. That, that remains, but with one's father, it's severed. Halachically, it's severed. So what's the pshat? To which the Gemara says, Often we assume it's because maybe in the Gentile world, because unfortunately there was so much immorality, maybe again we don't know true paternity. But maybe in a case where we would know paternity in a definitive fashion, we would be Ultimately, you know, I will say, it's not true. 
even in a case where we would know definitive paternity, we still would not, we still do not go ahead and establish halachic paternity for a Gentile or for someone who has converted. Why? Because the case of twins, it was interesting how the Gemara understands that the case of twins, right? The Gemara understands what happened biologically with twins. It's one, it's, right? it's one piece of zera, one piece of sperm that's split into two pieces. That, that's, I, I guess, reflective, right? Reflective, ultimately, again, the Gemara understanding that dynamic. So the Gemara said, the tipa achas haisa, the nechla kalishtayim, the katoni seifa lo cholsim lo miyabmin. Ultimately, again, Srabose, even though, even though, again, the Gemara seems to feel that a case of twins would make the argument for a heightened sense of paternal connection. Nevertheless, we still say that those brothers are not paternal brothers. Therefore, lo cholsim lo miyabmin. Therefore, even if they were to convert, there's no chalisa, there's no yibum. Shmamina afkure afkure rachmana lizare. Rabose, just in general, there is an understanding that when it comes to either Gentiles or again, people who convert, even if we establish a maternal connection, there is no paternal connection. Tersiv, because the Gemara quotes the Pasuk from Yecheskel, Basr, Basr chamorim bisaram, vizirmas susim ziramtam. So literally again, the flesh of donkeys is their, is their flesh. Vizirmas susim ziramtam, and their seed of horses is like their seeds. Rashi says over here, Zarmas zera The idea is just in general, the way that halacha looks at paternity of a Gentile is we just don't see it as existing. That's the idea in halacha. We just don't see it as existing. So therefore, again, Abosai, what's interesting to note over here is that's why in all of these cases of conversion, halacha lamaisa, we do not look at paternity as a factor. We look at maternity as a factor because obviously your mother is your mother is your mother. That is a biologically uncontestable fact that Allah Chalamaisa, one is connected to their mother. So therefore, I think Mark is pointing out over here that even in a case where you have ironclad proof that the father of this Gentile or convert is his father, halachically, we don't look at it. So Abosai, we're still we're still stuck in our core question which is, I will say, what do we do in cases of conversion, cases of conversion, or for that matter, emancipation? What do we do with brothers? That, that's really our core question. What do we do with brothers in this case? So I will say, whether it's a case like the Mishnah, where the mother converted and gave birth to her sons after conversion, or again, cases where the sons themselves convert, or again, emancipation, what, what do you do in these cases with, with brothers, with brothers? Do we go ahead and just simply say, when a person converts, it's as if they're born and therefore no relationships. And therefore, again, even though they are biological maternal brothers, they can marry each other's wives. Or do we say no, that whenever we have a situation of brothers, we have to restrict marrying each other's spouses. Why? Why? out of a concern of creating confusion. That's what's driving us over here. That's the Machlokis Rav Sheshes and Rav Achab Yaakovs. Let's go back there. So we still haven't resolved it. So Tashma, Dharma Biosi, Maisa, Beniftayim Hager. There was a story with this guy, Niftayim. That was his name. Niftayim Hager, Niftayim the convert. Shenasa Eishes Achiv Meimo. 
he married his paternal brother's spouse. Okay, so let's say again, his, I'm sorry, his maternal brother, excuse me, his maternal brother's spouse. So right, Niftayim, Niftayim converted with his brother, right? Well, we'll, we'll see what the case is, but the point over here is his brother, it doesn't matter, his brother died with children, brother got divorced, whatever it is, and Niftayim married his brother's spouse. And the Maise came before the Chachamim, and the Chachamim said, there is no ishos, there is no marriage for a ger, which we don't understand what that statement means either. So the Gemara says, I don't understand, there's no, there's no marriage for a ger. So you're telling me that if a ger marries a woman, there's no kiddushin? What, what, what does that mean, there's no kiddushin for a ger? Rather, what does it mean? It means that the Chazal were saying, there is no problem with Ashes Ach for a ger. So if you have brothers who converted, there's no problem with one brother marrying the other brother's divorcee or widow. Okay, so the Gemara says, well, what's the case? My love did naspa ach kishuhu ger. So I will say, what's the case? So Niftayim converted. Here's what we assume the case is. Niftayim and his brother both converted, right? Brother got married. Brother got married. Didn't work out, right? But brother got married after, after he converted. Didn't work out. Got, got divorced. And now Niftayim married the divorcee. So my love, dinaspa ach kishu ger. Lo, dinaspa kishu ovid kochavim. No, no, no. What's the case? Where Niftayim's brother married this woman when? When, before he converted, right? When Niftayim's brother was a guy, he married this woman. To which the Gemara says, kishu ovid kochavim, my lememra. We'll say that's of course. Remember again, our whole question is only when maternal brothers convert and get married when they're Jewish. But even if Taim's brother married his wife, right? If brother got married when brother was a guy. So, and what? And what? Then they got divorced, and then she converted. So of course, if Taim's allowed to marry that woman, Ma'ilabemra, Ma'udetema, Ligzer Kishu Ovid Kochavim Atu Kishu Ger. We should be concerned about a marriage that happened when they were Gentiles, lest you come to confuse that with the case of a ger. To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, Kamashmala, no, Tashma, Damra ben Yasin. So we'll say, so again, so, th- that, so that case is not really a riot, because that must have been a case where Niftayim's brother got married ultimately again before he converted. Rashi points out over here, after they converted, they never lived together. So there was never really a halachic marriage between brother and his wife. So that's a case where Niftayim married his brother's divorcee or widow. That's an obvious case. So Tashman Daran ben Yasin ben Yasin said, "Kishalachti lekrache hayom matzasi ger echot shenasa ishes achiv miimo." So Ben Yasin said, "When I went overseas, I found that there was a ger, a convert, who married his brother's wife, his maternal brother's wife." Amartilo bni mi here shacha. So I said to my son, "Tell me, who allowed you to do this? Who allowed you to do this?" Amrali hari isha v'shiva banal. Right? So, so he said to me, he said to me, but I'll tell you, there was this woman with seven sons. With seven sons. And what? So we'll say, look at Rashi this moment. So the man essentially said, the man essentially said to Ben Yasin, Rabbi Akiva allowed a woman with seven sons to marry her brother-in-law. To marry her brother-in-law was the case of a giyar, to marry her brother-in-law. So we'll say, so essentially what the man was saying is, I relied 
on halachic precedent. Okay, what's halachic precedent? Was listen to this. Al Saf Yashev Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva himself, this is what the guy is saying, sat on this bench. And Rabbi Akiva said two things. It was like, can you imagine, by the way, being able to point to a bench? Rabbi Akiva sat on the. Who, what, what, what wouldn't you give for a bench that Rabbi Akiva sat on in Paskin Halacha? Right? Rabbi Akiva sat on this bench and he said two things. Akiva said many more than two things, but two things that he said on this bench. Number one, Number one, Rabbi Akiva paskind that Allah Maisa, a ger, is permitted to marry the wife of his pater, of his maternal brother. That's number one. The Amar and the piece of Agarata, Rabbi Akiva said, the Navi Yonah, the story of Yonah. So the Navi says, the Navi says that Hashem said to Yonah again, Shainis, go back to Ninveh. Go back to Ninveh. So we'll say the Gemara directions over here. Shainus debra imo shchina shlishes lo debra imo shchina. We'll say here's what's interesting that the shchina never spoke to Yonah again after the story in Ninveh. That as much as we know the story of Yonah, right? Yonah heard the Dvar Hashem to go to Ninveh, tell the people in order another forty days Ninveh is going to be overturned, and Yonah ran. He decided not to go ahead and fulfill his shlichos. Now we'll say, why did Yonah run? Why did Yonah run? So the Gemara says, Yonah was concerned with the covet of Kalal Yisrael. Yonah was concerned, why? Because Yonah knew that if he would go to Ninveh and tell them that the city is going to be destroyed in 40 days, what were they going to do? They would do tshuva. And that would reflect terribly on Kalal Yisrael. That would effectively be a theological indictment of Kalal Yisrael. Yonah decided better to incur the wrath of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and Bikovish Nevu also refused to transmit prophecy, which is a major transgression. Better to do that and take one for the team and not theologically indict Klal Yisrael. That was Yonas Cheshpan. That's why he ran. Even though what he did, he did for Klal Yisrael, Kodesh Baruch Hu was still upset for him, upset with him. And therefore, the Pasik says, Hashem spoke to Yonah a second time. The Gemara infers from this a second time, but never a third time. This was the last time that Hashem spoke to Yonah. Before we get to that, explicitly that a ger is permitted to marry the spouse of his maternal brother. Explicit. And we're not concerned about confusion in other cases. To which the Gemara says, what's the case? My love, this naspa echav kishuhu ger. It must be the case of where two brothers converted and they got married once they already converted, once they were Jewish. To which the Gemara says, No, 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 what's the case where the brothers got married, right? When what? They were non-Jews. Got married when they were non-Jews. They will say, a marriage that occurs when, when a person is not Jewish is not halachically valid. There's no halachic legitimacy to that. So Lamaisa again, so what Rabbi Akiva is saying, that if a brother got married when he was not Jewish and then converted and never consummated the relationship after they converted, and now let's say he divorces his wife, that the remaining brother can marry her, that's obvious. In that case, it will say that's even easier. There's no halachic marriage at all over there. Mao de Tema, 
You might have thought that maybe we should go ahead and legislate in a case where he was a guy, lest you come to go ahead and confuse it with the case where he got married once he was a guy. So therefore, again, we have no raya. So when, when this guy said, Rabbi Akiva permitted a ger to marry his maternal brother's sister. That was talking about a case of a marriage that was affected when they were gayim. So there's no raya to our case, right? So we'll say our case is where you have maternal, right? You have converts who are maternal brothers who get married after they convert. Now the shayla is, could one brother marry the other brother's spouse? That's what we're focused on. So no raya from Rabbi Akiva. So the Gemara brings up another interesting side point. Umi mehemin, what, what I don't say, is someone believed in this type of situation? What does that mean? Remember again, we had this concept before. Remember we'll say how this whole story is happening over here? Ben Yasin goes overseas. He finds this ger, he finds this guy who married ger, who married his maternal brother's wife. So Rabbi, so Rabbi Yasin said, who allowed you to do this? Oh, so he said, oh, Rabbi Akiva Paskin this way. I will say in general, when someone comes up with a brand new Psaq Halacha that we never heard before, and the new brand new Psaq Halacha just happens to justify something that they're doing, as one could imagine, it raises a halachic eyebrow or four, right? In other words, I will say that in general, we don't, we don't accept halacha like this. So what's going on over here? To which the Gemara says, So we'll say one possibility is, Right? Mora Uba. So Mishum So so one idea is that Halacha Maisa, he was bringing a precedent, right? And remember again, he pointed to another case. He said, remember, there was this woman and her seven sons. So he was quoting precedent. I will say precedent is a big thing, right? Right in legal circles. He's quoting precedent. I'm not the first person to rely on this. And there's the woman. Here's her address. Go talk to her. Number two, Vibai Seima Mishum de Ka'amar. I'm sorry. Vibai Seima Shani Hacha de Ka'amar Maisa Achrina Bahada. I will say this is also different because remember he was simultaneously quoting two Piske Halacha of Rabbi Akiva, one ultimately in Halacha and one of Agarata. So the fact that he's quoting other things in this Psak Halacha also lends some additional level of legitimacy. So we'll say, let's focus on Yonah for just a moment. So we'll say, the Pasik says, Hashem spoke to Yonah a second time saying, The Shechina spoke to Yonah a second time, but not a third time. So the Gemara says, Is that true? Kidvara Shem Asherdi Ber Biad Abdo, Biad Abdo, Yona Benami Tayanavi. Shabosai, Pasik seems to indicate that Hashem did speak with Yona another time. To which the Umar says, Amarava, Amaravina, Al Iske Ninve Kaamar. Ultimately, again, when it says that Hashem never spoke to Yona another time, that meant about what? Ninve. This was the last conversation that Hashem had with Ninve, with about Yona Bosai, which is actually interesting, you know. Sefer Yonah ends in a, in a very tragic fashion, right? Ultimately, again, where Yonah is incredibly despondent. Ultimately, again, he carries out the mission. And sure enough, as he was fearful of, the people of Ninveh engage in dramatic tshuva. I will say, which is why we read Sefer Yonah by Mincha on Yom Kippur. I will say, most people don't know that we read Sefer Yonah by Mincha on Yom Kippur. 
right? And again, some people think it's still part of the break, right? But I would say, but 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 again, but again, you know, it actually is amazing. Like, it's one of the most dramatic stories, and it's that time of it is that time of Yom Kippur where, like, you know, you get you get your second wind, you know, by by Ni'ila, but Mincha Yom Kippur. That's mamish where a lot of times we're dragging. But the story is a dramatic one. And at the end of Sefer Yona, at the end of Sefer Yona, Yona is despondent and depressed because he has been successful in his mission to go ahead and cause Nineveh to go out and do tshuva, but it is the indictment. He, he, it was the nail in the coffin of Kal Yisrael at that point. Because I will say again, we, we, uh, for years, the same Navi Yona was telling us to do tshuva and we would not listen. And Nineveh, Nineveh instantaneously does tshuva. So what it means is Hashem never spoke to Yonah again in the, in the Ninveh story, but he did speak to him again later on regarding other issues. So the Gemara says, But I will say again, Yonah, Yonah, the same way that ultimately, again, Yonah was successful in being able to go ahead and turn Ninveh Meira Alatova. In the days of Yeravam ben Yoash, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was also able to go ahead and help Klal Yisrael turn it Meira Alatova. Okay, beautiful. A lot more to say on that, but we'll go by there. Tashma. Ger shahaya leidasa b'kdusha, v'harasa shalo b'kdusha. So we'll say if you have a ger, ultimately, again, who was born to a Jewish mother, but ultimately was conceived by a Gentile mother, which means his mother converted when? During her pregnancy. So what's the halacha? He has maternal relatives, but has no paternal relatives. Kate said, what's the case? If he marries a maternal relative, so we'll say if he marries his maternal sister, he's not allowed to remain married to her. Yotzi. If he marries his paternal sister, he's permitted to remain married to her. Because we'll say, so remember again, j- just to frame the case here, right? So mother, mother conceives, okay, with, with her Gentile husband, okay? Now what happens during pregnancy? She converts. Son is born, son is born, right? Ultimately again to, 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 to now to a Jewish mother. So we'll say, so what, what the embrace is establishing is, his maternal relatives, halachically, are looked at as relatives. His paternal relatives are not. Therefore, halacha if he goes there and marries a maternal sister, he is obligated to divorce her. Marries, marries a paternal sister, yikayim, technically is permitted to remain with her. Achos ha'av, excuse me, so, I'm sorry, min ha'im yikayim. Achos ha'av min ha'im. So we'll say, what happens if he marries his father's maternal sister, right? He marries his father's maternal sister, Yotzi. He has to divorce her. Then I both say, why? We just said there's no relationship from the father because it's his father's maternal sister. Whenever there's an element of maternal relationship, even if it's on the father's side, we're going to go ahead and tell him to get out of that relationship because we're just concerned about confusion. In general, Marrying your father's maternal sister is going to cause a lot of confusion, not just halachically, right? I'll say familially as well. So in any event, so we'll say, so we, we, we go and we tell him divorce. So I'm in base. So the Gemara says, Mina av If you marry your father's 
right, your father's paternal sister, ultimately, again, you're permitted to go ahead and remain married to her. So the Gemara says, If you marry your mother's maternal sister, Yotzi, divorce her. If you go ahead and you marry your maternal's, your, your, your mother's paternal sister, ultimately, again, Rabbi Meir, Omer Yotzi, Rabbi Meir says, divorce her. Ultimately, Chacham say you could go ahead and remain married. Why? Rabbi Meir, Omer, Kol erva shehi mishum she'er ha'em yotzi mishum ha'av yikayim. Because Rabbi Meir Rabbi was of the opinion, any erva that has an element of maternity to it, right? Even if it's on the paternal side, ultimately, again, you should be yotzi. You should divorce. Ultimately, mina'av, you're permitted to go ahead and remain. Umutter be'ishes achiv. Nebosai, the, the Bach takes out me'imo. Umutter be'eishes achiv, you are permitted to go ahead and marry your brother's wife. Ube'eishes achi aviv, and with your bright be'eishes achi aviv, with the wife of your father's brother. Usha'ar kola arayos mutaros, and any other erva is mutter as well. So the Gemara says, Ultimately, again, to include what? Even father's wife. Yes, yes, yes. Just again, we'll say, just to be clear, because this is not like God, uh, this is, right? Well, well, j- just to be clear, Ger, that's how the whole Bryce starts out over here. This is a Ger. Now, the Ger in this case, again, was, was Shaisa Leidasa Bikdusha Varasa Shalom Bikdusha. In this case, I will say, he was, when he was conceived, his mother was not Jewish, born to a Jewish mother. So I will say, just to understand what's happening over here, when he's born to a Jewish mother, the only person in this world who he is truly converted to is who? His mother, right? Which is why, again, halacha lamaisa, right? He's permitted technically to all of these paternal relatives. There's no, there's no issue because halachically he's not related to them. The only time, and in the case on the paternal side, the only cases in which we're legislating, that's why when we say he's allowed to marry his father's wife, we'll say, why? Why? It's not his father's wife, right? That, that we're, we're calling it his father's wife because Lamaisa, again, it's his father. In other words, it's by his biological father. But halachically, there's no relation. The only situation where he has real relations is what we call she'er min ha'em. His mother's, right, relations that he has through his, right, relatives that he has through his mother. And then we'll allege, so therefore, any relations that he has through his father are permitted, but any relations through his father that have a maternal aspect. What do you mean that have a maternal aspect, right? His father's maternal sister will say, don't marry her. Why? Because there's that maternal thing. Anytime where there's a maternal piece, not through his mother, but there's an element of maternity there, we're going to say, don't marry that woman because, again, we're nervous about confusion. Fine. We're not finished. And any other of these arayos are absolutely permitted to him. Permitted to him. So the Gemara says, Ultimately, to include even his father's wife. What happens if he married a woman and her daughter? So, 
ultimately going to both say, so interestingly enough, if he married a woman and his daughter, so this is just a Sairaya's case, so ultimately you're, you could remain married to one and you can't remain married to the other. So kones achos, umotzi achos, but lechatchila lo yichnos. Lechatchila, ultimately, again, you should not marry. Now, we'll say, who that's referring to, it, it, we'll see in just a moment. Mesa ishto, muter bachamoso. We'll say, if one's wife dies, he is permitted to marry his mother-in-law. Vi'ikadetani, aser bachamoso. Others say, you're not permitted to marry your mother-in-law. Katani mihas. Now, we'll say, okay, so now, this is a pretty wild bright, so remember, we'll say, we, we, we still have a very narrow focus. What, what, what do we still not have resolution on? What are we still stuck on? What are we still stuck on? We're still stuck, I will say, on one very simple case. Brothers who convert, brothers who convert, are they permitted to marry each other's spouses? And as I will say, again, Reuven and Shimon convert, and, and whether Reuven and Shimon themselves are converting, right? Or ultimately, again, their mother converted and gave birth to them. Right? So we'll say, we're dealing with a very simple case. Right? They, have, they have no paternity. They're not related to, from their father. Right? So we'll say, again, let's say Ruben's married, gets divorced, is shimen or dies. There's no yibam and chalitza that I understand. Are they permitted to marry each other's spouses or not? That's what we are hyper-focused on. I've been unable to get an answer to that. So I said, we're zeroing in on this. So the Gemara says, Katani mihas. What did I just see in this b'raisa? Mutter be'eshes achiv. That one is permitted to marry, right? In the case of the convert, right? Ultimately, again, I will say in this case where their mother converted while she was pregnant with them. Let's say, just give it a case of twins even. Then I look one brother is permitted to marry his brother's spouse. My love, dinas ba'achiv kishuger. Aren't we talking about cases where the brothers converted, right? And they got married once they were Jewish. And the Bryce is telling me that halacha lamaisa, they can marry each other's spouses. Lo, dinas ba'kishu'ovei No, so keep going back to this. What's the case? Where they got married ultimately again where they were non-Jews. If that's the case, my lememra. They both say, then there's no marriage. Of course, one brother is permitted to go out and marry the other brother's spouse after they convert. You might have thought you should legislate the case where they got married when they were non-Jewish, lest you come to confuse it with the case where they got married when they were Jewish. So the Mar says, Kamash Malon, no, we're not worried about that. Amr Mar, so still no resolution. So let's go back and hone on one of the other cases. If you're married to a woman and her daughter, so we'll say that's us, sir. So you can be married to one and ultimately again divorce the other or, or, or literally move the other from your home. So the Gemara says, But you shouldn't do this. To which the Gemara says the wording doesn't make sense. If you're telling me that you have to divorce one of them, obviously, you're not allowed to marry them, of course. To which the Gemara says, Hasam Kai. It's not referring to that case, it's referring to a different case. So when the Rabbanan say ultimately again, So we'll say, so let's say, for example, the cases in the Braissa that said that technically speaking it's motor. For example, Rabosai, a ger, a ger is permitted to marry his paternal sister. That's how, right? It's, technically, he's permitted to marry his paternal sister. The Bryce says such a marriage works. Even though such a marriage works, lo yichnos. the Bryce says, don't do it. 
Don't do it. So the Gemara says, mm-hmm. So the Gemara says, here's what's interesting. This is an important qualifier. In all of the cases of the Mishnah, where the Mishnah said, sorry, the Brisa, right? You're about to say this wild Arias Brisa that essentially said you can't marry, the Ger can't marry anyone to whom he is maternally related. But what? But what? Can marry everyone who he is paternally related to, even though you can. What does the Brisa say? What does the Brisa say? Don't do it. If you did it, it works, but don't, but don't do it. Okay, but we'll say, let's just look at the last part of the Brisa. So, so we'll say, if a person's wife dies, he's permitted to marry his mother in law. But yet, another version says he's not permitted to marry his mother in law. So, we'll say, so, who, so who's who? We'll say, this is a machlokus. We actually just saw this. So, the opinion who says that it's Asr, he holds like Rabbi Ishmael. Because Rabbi Shmuel holds that one's mother-in-law remains prohibited even after the death of one's spouse. And even in a ger, we legislated in that case as well. We legislated in that case as well. So the Gemara says, And say the opinion who holds that you can marry your mother-in-law after her death, sorry, after the wife's death, then that's like Rabbi Akiva. Because Rabbi Akiva held that a mother-in-law after the death of the spouse is a weaker love. Is a, look at Rashi. Rashi says, that I will say, Rabbi Akiva still holds that it's usher to marry your mother-in-law. But as opposed to during the lifetime of one's spouse, it's an isra sreifa, after the death of a spouse, it's not an Isra Sreifa. So by Yisrael, it's a weaker Isr, and therefore, Gabi Ger, Lo Therefore, I will say, in the case of a Ger, ultimately, again, Rabbanu not goes So I will say, if a, let's say a Ger marries a Gioras, technically speaking, there is an Isr de Rabbanon for that Ger to marry his wife and the mother in law. I'm assuming the mother in law is not Jewish, right? Once ultimately, again, the wife dies, Ultimately, again, there'll be an Isra Dirabah. Rabbi Akiva will hold that there's no Isra upon the Ger. Okay, Shabbosai, beautiful. We finish the Sugya, but yet it still feels like what? And it feels like we don't have clarity about the one core case that we started the previous Mishnah with, which is what do I do with maternal brothers? Right? So, maternal brothers who convert, say, what is the nature of the prohibition, or is there a prohibition for them to go ahead and marry each other's spouses? So, say, let me share with you the Rabbah and Hilchos Isurebiya. We have a few minutes now. Parakid Dalid. So, say, I'll give you the Maramakom. This is in Parakid Dalid, Halachos Yud Alif, Yud Beis, and Yud Gimel. Let me read it to you. Halach Yud Alif. Akum Shiniskayer. Right? So, say, so principle number one, Akum right? When a Jew converts, or sorry, a Gentile converts, or for that matter, again, an Evid is emancipated. Hariuki Katan Shinolad. They are like a child who's been reborn. Therefore, the whole She'er Basar Shahayolo Kishu Akum, O Kishu Evid, Einon She'er Basar. Vimniskayer Hu Vehem, Eino Chayev Al Achsen Shumer. So, say, the first thing we have to accept on a biblical level is Gershiniskayer Kikatan Shinolad Dami. When you convert, it is like you are reborn. And therefore, I will say, who are you related to when you convert? No one. Which I will say is an incredible thing. Because when a person converts, they go to the mikvah, they come out of the mikvah. In that moment, I will say, when the ger comes out of the mikvah, they are not related to any human being 
on the face of the planet. Which I will say is the most incredible thing because there's one person or one entity that that person has a connection to when they come out of the mikvah, and that is who? The Ribbon Shalolam. Right? There is only one. I, I go into the mikvah, I come out. There's only one thing in this world that I'm connected to, and that is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the first halacha. That's the first halacha. Yud Beis. Din therefore, Din Torah, Shemutra La'akum, Shisa Imo, Technically speaking, the ger converts. Is he allowed to marry his mother? Is he allowed to marry his mother? Technically, yes. Can he marry his sister, his maternal sister? Yes. Aval, here we go. Now I will say, here, our argument didn't explicitly say this, but this is an important principle. But Chazal came along and said, no. Can't marry mother, can't marry sister. Why? Because they're both say it's going to look like a person came from a strict moral code to a lax moral code. Because remember, B'nai Noach also have a moral code. And in that moral code, you know, incest is prohibited. See, even though now both say when the ger converts, is it incest? Is it incest? No, because he's not related, but it looks like incest, right? So therefore, again, so, so Chazal came along and said, can't marry your mother, can't marry your sister. Fine. So we'll say, so again, principle when you're born, you're not related to anyone and therefore can marry anyone. Second halacha, Chazal's Rabbana said, no, you can't. No, you can't. Anyone who is an erva to you when you're a guy, right? When you're a guy, ultimately, you cannot marry once you convert. Now, watch this. Okay, so I'll say, so, so now, now here's what I know. I know that even though when I convert, I can marry anyone, the Rabbonon came along and said, no, no, no. There, there has to be legislation for this because otherwise it looks like you're coming from a strict moral code to a lax moral code. So now I'll say, now what's the Shaila? Now what's the Shaila? So therefore, who is included in this rabbinic ban? Watch this. Kate said, Dinagerim ba'arayo shosher basar. Okay, here, here's our point. say a ger is not permitted to marry anyone whom he is maternally related to after he converts. There it is. There it is. So whoever you are maternally related to, right? When you were a guy, right? When, when, when I was a guy, whoever I was maternally related to, those maternal relationships remain rabbinically prohibited even after conversion. That's the phrase. But I am permitted to anyone whom I am Paternally related to, to even though what I know for sure my father is. Let's say, let's say I grew up on a, on a desert island, right? It was only my mother and my father, right? So, so again, I know my father was, nevertheless, again, that was, that was today's daf. Halacha does not rep- recognize the paternity of a Gentile. Even, even, even without any issues of morality, we, we don't recognize that paternity. So say, again, the Rambam Paskins, that any maternal relations are prohibited even after you convert. 
any paternal relations are permitted. He goes on, he says, Therefore, Abosai, here we go, no sehager, no sehager, eishes achiv me aviv, veishes achi aviv, veishes aviv, veishes beno, afapish nises la achiv, ola aviv, vechin achos ima me avia. So we'll say, therefore, again, the Ramam gives all the examples. Aval, eno no se lo achosa me imo, lo achos me imo, velo eishes achiv me imo, shenasa achiv me imo, acha sheneskayer. Therefore, Abosai, I am not allowed to marry my brother's wife. My, right, my maternal brother's wife, assuming that what? My brother got married after he converted. Right, so I will say, so, right, so you see what's happening. So therefore, again, let me just zero on this so much because we have an, another minute. But say, listen to this. So again, the Raman Paskins, let's just go through the case, right? So number one, number one. Who are you converted to after you, who, who are you related to after you convert? No one. But Midrabbanon Chazal said, you can't marry She'er Mina'ein. You can't marry any maternal relatives. You can marry who? Any paternal relatives. And therefore, Abosai, Halacha Lamaisa, if you're right, you can't marry your maternal, so you can't marry any maternal brothers. So therefore, again, Abosai, let's go back to our question. Can I marry, I'm a Ger, can I marry my maternal brother's spouse? Can I marry her? It depends. What does it depend on? When, so we'll say, let's say, my brother also converted. Now we're both converts. So we'll say, when did my brother get married? If my brother got married when he was a guy, right, and never consummated that relationship when he, when he converted, that's not a marriage. And therefore, everyone would agree, everyone would agree that I can marry his wife upon death or divorce of my brother. But if my brother got married, after he converted, then there is a rabbinic prohibition upon me marrying my brother's wife upon his death or divorce. So I will say, that's how he passed. So you are not permitted to marry your brother's wife upon his death or divorce, even though they're both converts, as long as that relationship took place after the brother converted, because that will be She'er Min Ha'im. So technically, Midaraisa can marry anyone. Chazal said you can't marry She'er Min Ha'im, and therefore, in this sugya, we paskin like Rav Sheshes, and therefore, again, two convert brothers, one brother cannot marry the widow or the divorcee of the other, even though, of course, there is no mitzvah of yibum in that situation. Why is there no mitzvah of yibum? Because mitzvah of yibum only applies to paternal brothers. Rabbi Osai, shkoyach.